Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shtib and Zhang Show. I'm Shtib, that is Zhang. Uh, we have quite the episode for you guys today, a jam-packed episode. We will be reviewing UFC 260. We'll be looking yeah. at the NBA trade deadline in our reactions. We'll be talking Eric Stahl and, of course, the NHL trade deadline looming. But first, roll it! Welcome back to the Shib and Zhang show. I think it is episode 13 or 14. Yeah. Not quite sure. Uh, we're not followed up. Eric, how have you been this past week? Been one since last been episode. Good. Been good. Yeah. I know Busy. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I beat you in fantasy, so it's a good week for me. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I lost in fantasy this week. Eric most likely crushed my playoff hopes. Uh, quite the friend and cast or uh, co-host. Yeah, someone crushes your fantasy aspirations into the playoffs. Whatever, though, it's cool. Um, moving on, though, uh, Eric, let's jump right into the episode where we'll be talking about UFC 260, where Stipe Miocic uh, got KO'd by yeah. Francis Ngannou in the second round. Eric, I think you predicted this. Yeah, a lot of people predicted it yeah. that Francis Ngannou and his dangerous strikes were the reason he won the fight. Yeah, very entertaining fight, first of all. But uh, Francis Ngannou, that guy is a beast, man. I'm telling you, yeah. he's going to be a heavyweight champion for a, a while. And John Jones was there. He's like, oh, I'm going to... Mm. John Jones is not doing anything to Francis Ngannou. <laughs> like, come on. Like, realistically, you saw John Jones fight. There's no way he's beating Francis Ngannou, man. Come on. Yeah, Ngannou has 12 wins by KO. He has four wins via submission and 11 first-round finishes. Yeah. You mentioned John Jones. Um People are saying that John Jones and Ngannou will be the next fight. Uh, Ngannou, that will be his first title defense. Um, who do you like in that fight? Obviously, you you like Ngannou over 100%, John Jones. 100%. So why? Jones, it's just, bro, obviously, first of all, Jones is a light heavyweight. He, he walks around 220, 225, I, I'd, I'd say. Like, that's his preferred weight. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to fight at, like, 230, 240, if I was to guess. But Ngannou's just, like, a, he probably walks around at 270. Two, like, Ngannou's big. Yeah. He's a big heavyweight, and like, I don't and like John John Jones like he just not he's just not the same as he used to be. We saw the fight; he almost lost to Dominic Reyes. Like he, like Francis Ngannou, yeah. he lands one punch. Oh, John, yeah. Jones is going to sleep. Do you find it disrespectful that Stipe Miocic is being discredited of a third fight already so soon? No, it's because a lot of people knew. Because the thing with Stipe is he he's a good he's he's the best heavyweight champion of all time, but. You gotta think, uh, like it's it's not that hard to be the best heavyweight champion of all time because there's not that many great great ones. Like you, all you have okay. to do is like defend it like four or five times, like four times, and you're the best. You know, but uh, Stipe, great champion, very humble person, and Stipe doesn't talk a lot, so he like he just stays humble, stays quiet. Like, but it's just because it was such a dominant victory for Ngannou, and like people don't see a way how Stipe can like. Is there after watching the fight, no one sees like. There's not no chance. Really. That Some people are again. saying that the first time was a fluke. Um, mm-hmm. That Francis and Ganyu quickly figure out Stipe. Obviously, Stipe, um, the first time he won, dragged it in later rounds, tired and mm-hmm. Ganyu out um, and beat him. But then in the second fight, and Ganyu had better, much defense uh, yeah, when it came sure. to uh, getting to the ground. Stipe tried to do that. He pushed him away exactly. and he kept him fist to cuffs. And then, yeah, he just went pound to pound. Even right? in Ganyu took uh, Stipe down like. A, a kind yeah. of a bit there so it was it was very impressive um 
obviously John Jones, smart fighter. Um, mm-hmm. His career is d- d- could be, you know, envisioned or uh, analyzed in his fighting style that he wins in unexpected ways. He mm-hmm. finds unexpected ways to beat his opponents. Obviously, against Francis and Ganyu, he can't go pound to pound. Uh, basically, because he will lose. He's not strong enough or as strong as Francis Ngannou. Should John Jones consider maybe um, playing or fighting in a heavyweight fight before John Jones, maybe to get some reps in or something to fight, you know, someone near Francis Ngannou's weight? Before he Ooh. goes into it, is John Jones that type of person, or will no, he, he just he would, go straight I, into? No, he's there for the money. He wants the money fight. There's, there's no point of fighting some. He's just there to get the money, the big bag. It's gonna be a super fight. Everyone, everyone's excited for this fight. It's one of those fight like, like people are gonna just, they just want to see this fight. It's like, yeah, on paper, it's a crazy fight, and no one knows. Like realistically, I'm saying Ganu's gonna win, but a lot of people, I don't know what the paper, uh, the, the odds are gonna be, but. And a lot of people, I've been gone to winning. So I really, I don't, to be honest, I don't know what the odds are going to say. Mm. And there was someone else, no, that uh, could go for the title round two against Nganyu. It was Lewis. Oh, Derek uh, Lewis. Dan, Dan, but, Derek Lewis, yeah. Dan, but Derek White after the post game was yeah. saying that, you know, any of those guys can get the fight if they wanted to. Because uh, if you Jones think about it, Derek, Derek Lewis beat Francis Nganyu right after Stipe. And people consider that one of the worst fights in UFC history, by the way, because oh, yeah? it's literally just two guys trying to counter-strike you. So they weren't, they weren't moving. And because Derek Lewis is a counter-striker. So, like, it's, it's not that interesting. Of a fight. Like, and Derek Lewis, the way he wins is he just, like, knocks out people with, like, a lucky, like, not a lucky punch, but because he has power. So if he hits you and his fights, no one knows where they're going to go. And he, he, got, he got an upset, like, uh, a month a month or two ago. Against uh, Curtis Blades, which which is the reason why he's up here for uh, a title shot. So, yeah, who who would have the best chances against Aganyu in the ring? Realistically, John Jones over Derek John Lewis. Jones. Yeah. John Jones. To be honest, I, I'd put him in my top three best UFC fighters of all time. A lot of people have him considered the goat, but if you want to be the goat, you you it's it's also it's about fighting, but it's also about like your aura and the way you uh, yeah. perceive yourself. Like a lot of people have George St. Pierre, Khabib, cause mm-hmm. they're like humble fighters. Like people like them. And like John Jones is just all over the place and he talks a lot and like all the, those drug problems. So you saw and everything. So it's, it's tough to have John Jones as your the goat, you know? Okay. Well, obviously uh, this is Africa's third Mm-hmm. champion i don't know if it is a heavyweight no different division no right? technically yeah it's uh so there's kamaru israel yeah and uh francis now but they're not on are they all in heavyweight no no uh, uh is, israel yeah, yeah, is yeah. the one remember we talked about him? Yeah, 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 yeah he went up to light heavyweight and then kamaru's in uh mm-hmm. uh one so that is owner. it's a good day for africa then when uh, getting their yeah. third champion in the ufc uh fights Eric, let's move from you. Well, actually, what's next? What's next? UFC two uh, two sixty one. Yeah, who's uh, highlighting that card? Oh, it's uh, Kamaru Usman. So one of the African uh, yeah uh, champions right now, Kamaru Usman again. Horus, you know Horus Masvidal? No clue who what you the just guy, said. The, you know the guy with the long hair that need Ben Askren in the face. Oh, I I didn't see that video. Ben Askren getting uh, is that the one Jake Paul keeps replaying? Yeah, of exactly. Him getting knocked out. Yeah, I didn't it's, see that. So the uh, the thing with that fight is people are excited, but not really because Jorge Masvidal, uh, he fought the, his last fight was against Kamaru and he he got destroyed. 
it was it was a 40 40 uh, 50 43 like absolutely mm-hmm. destroyed and it it was in an entertaining fight and people didn't really want to watch the fight again but uh Masvidal's a pretty big name so uh the there's going to have cuz it broke a lot of records well like for welterweight like it it did a lot of pay-per-view buys so i think they want to run it back again that's why Okay, obviously not as much as hype probably as this France and Ganyu exactly, UFC 260 yeah. fight, but we'll just have to be uh, looking forward to UFC 261 as we move on, Eric, uh, from the UFC to the NBA. Yeah. Where the trade deadline passed uh, March 25th, and we saw the most transactions and players traded in NBA history. This trade really? deadline, I know, is there. Oh, is a record? Was. I know that. Or okay. maybe uh, uh, since a while, I don't know the exact. Yeah, thing, for a while, for been, sure. Been for a while. Um. As players got traded, players we expected to get traded from last mm-hmm. week's episode that we uh, said, some players that you know got traded that we weren't even talking about. But let's start off with my reactions of the NBA trade line trade deadline. I have a few players here we could just talk about. You can add on okay. uh, from the free agency market, maybe t- players that got bought out or basically mm-hmm. your thoughts. First off, on my list, my opinion uh, with Kyle Lowry. I mm-hmm. think Kyle Lowry should have been traded at the okay. trade deadline. Okay. What do you think? I think that's a fair assessment to make because Kyle Lowry, he doesn't fit into any of the timeline of the Raptors. If they're saying they're rebuilding or they're like, Kyle Lowry doesn't really fit. His contract is up. Mm-hmm. People don't know if he's going to, he sold his house. People think he's leaving. Yeah. And the thing is they traded Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas and they got yeah. second rounders out of it. And people yeah. were expecting them to use those trades to, to, to yes. trade Kyle Lowry too. But nothing happened. So they basically traded Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas, who are really good, yeah. uh, pretty young players, for basically nothing. This just isn't, I don't kind of get this move by the Toronto Raptors. I guess yeah. it's more of a uh, kind of their franchise icon. Uh, they mm-hmm. wanted to keep him in Toronto. But really, from a business standpoint, Kyle Lowry should have been realistically traded at the mm-hmm. deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were offers from uh, Miami, maybe for Duncan Robinson, that, yeah, that Toronto no. Raptor fans could have liked. Um, but basically, Lowry, Kyle Lowry has one year left on his contract. He will be a free agent at the end of the season yeah. and most likely will be leaving the Toronto Raptors, right? Yeah. Lowry is aging, uh, and the Toronto Raptors seem to be transitioning into a rebuild status mm-hmm. right now. So I don't get this trade uh, or this non trade by the Toronto Raptors. They traded Norm yeah. Powell, uh, yeah. one of their top scorers. So I don't understand what they're trying to do right now. I guess yeah. it's just to give Toronto Raptors a last glimpse. Of Kyle Lowry before maybe. he leaves, but or maybe they just weren't able to figure out a trade. Maybe his asking probably, price was yeah. too high. Uh, mm-hmm. as the was it the Heat and the Lakers were front runners, Philly was mm-hmm. also in there too. But I guess the uh, asking price for Kyle Lowry was too mm-hmm. high, though Toronto should have pulled the trigger. But I, I was talking, said, yeah, go ahead. I, I was talking to Raptors fans, and all, all they said was, Oh, in Masai, we trust. So they Masai trust could Masai. Be gone, this also yeah. as well as president of uh, basketball operations. Um, mm. listen, the future doesn't look well, it looks bright for the Toronto Raptors. They got Gary Trent, uh, yeah, Jr., Trent. young, young player from the Portland Trailblazers. But yeah. the Raptors' future looks like it could be headed into a rebuild, and Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry will be gone. So, Raptors fans, maybe you know, you like that he stayed. Some Raptors fans wish he'd yeah. gone. Time will tell what will happen. But let's move on to another player that I enjoy or. That I enjoy watching in the playoffs, uh, playoff Rondo, of course. Okay. Rajon Rondo from the Atlanta Hawks was traded to the, was it Clippers? Mm-hmm. Um, for Lou Williams. Yeah. I'll go with this trade. I'll start. I like this trade a lot. 
Um, okay. You know, playoff Rondo. Well, Rondo's having career lows basically in every category, playing with the Hawks, playing 50, averaging around 50 minutes per game. But I think the Clippers are trading him for that playoff Rondo. The same guy exactly. who last year averaged nine points and seven assists during the Lakers' uh, playoff mm-hmm. run. The same Rondo that LeBron trusted uh, yeah. on the court with the ball, something you don't see much. And now he's going to be looking to go to a, I don't know, not disappointing Clippers team, but a Clippers team that has been disappointed. Yeah, a little disappointed underwhelming. In the season, sure. underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to look to kind of bring that leadership and that experience and kind of change things around right now going into the playoffs. As, uh, you know, Lou Williams, who has been with L.A. for, what, seven years now, something like that, it seems like. A long time, the Clippers. Uh, Like five years, yeah. Was actually contemplating retirement when he got traded to the Hawks. Uh, He felt disrespected, kind of like in a DeMar DeRozan sort of of way. Um, What do you think of that trade of Rondo? Because I I love Rondo. Rondo, he's a great vet. Um, He has two rings. He's a great person. Like His knowledge of the game is is ridiculous. And he fits perfectly with that team. Playoff Rondo, too, always pulls up. Against the Pelicans, when he was with the Pelicans in the playoffs with AD, like he he always pulls up in the playoffs. He's a great two way player, yeah. and also the thing with Clippers, what they were missing was just a ball handler. They they didn't have a traditional point guard because who are you gonna put? Like you're gonna have Patrick Beverly bringing up the ball. Like you just need someone to bring up the ball, dish yeah. it to Kawhi, dish it to Paul George, and just just get everything going yeah. on. And uh, Lou Williams, he's a great player, but he just he. When I think about Clippers, I do think about Lou Williams. So it is kind of sad to just see him get traded for like Ron, like Lou Williams. Yeah. Like he was averaging like basically like twenty points last. Like yeah. So it, it's tough to see, but it's Lou Williams is a great see. player. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tough to see. Um. For Lou Williams, who was a cornerstone for that Clippers team, mm-hmm. but uh, we have to move on here to the Denver Nuggets. Eric, so two trades that I really like from the mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets that involved Aaron Gordon and Javale McGee. Obviously, Aaron Gordon, Orlando Magic, um, great player for them. But now he's going to the Denver Nuggets to try and win a championship. He's having a career year right now, 37.5% from threes. Um, and he's averaging 15 points per game. Not sure that's a career uh, highlighted stat. But he's also a great defender. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Denver Nuggets in the West right now, Eric, the West seems pretty mm-hmm. open right now with yeah. the Clippers as we talk underperforming, the injury bug hitting the Lakers, yeah, fair, yeah. the Suns and the Jazz who haven't been tested yet in the playoffs. Okay. There could be some leeway here for the Denver Nuggets yeah, for as sure. yeah. they have a third option now behind Jokic and Jamal Murray, um, a guy, something that they actually been needing and missing because they've been relying on those two guys. Now they actually get a guy who can put up some points and who can maybe a guy who could defend someone like a LeBron or, or a Kawhi or a Paul yeah. George, right? Wouldn't you agree? For sure. For sure. For sure. Aaron Gordon's on the Orlando, very underrated player. Yeah. He doesn't put up the numbers, but he's very athletic, very good defender. Uh, he's very strong. So he, he can basically guard Paul George, Kawhi. But I, I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to put him on him, uh, but because they had Jeremy Grant last year, who's yeah. a very good defender for them, and they lost him, so mm-hmm. then they got Aaron Gordon. So yeah. they, that might be a replacement. And also, they lost Mason Plumlee from last year. Mm-hmm. So now they got JaVale McGee, who can be a good backup center to, uh, to Jokic. Add size on yeah. Jokic, yeah. For and sure. uh, I forget the coach's name of the Denver Nuggets. Oh, Mike but, um, Malone. Yeah. yeah, Mike Malone. That's that's something he utilized during his run uh, with Mason Plumlee, Jokic, was to have two big bodies on the floor at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, yeah, two really good trades from the uh, Denver Nuggets will be looking to, you know, surprise teams in the West, though 
you know, Denver is very much there in the West. Exactly. Uh, there can be, again, some leeway right now with a lot of teams uh, underperforming or being injured right now. So look for the Denver Nuggets. They could be a sneaky dark horse. Let's move um, to the Miami Heat where they missed out on Kyle Lowry. What did they do? They went to the Houston Rockets yeah. and picked up Victor, Victor Oladipo, yeah. who will now be uh, a supporting cast member behind Jimmy Butler, Bam mm-hmm. uh, Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. And obviously, the Miami Heat in the East got to compete versus the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, uh, we'll get to them, but they added some yeah. key players. Uh, now yeah. they look like a legit all-star team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Heat have to compete. They add Victor Oladipo. Obviously, Eric, not the same Victor Oladipo from Indiana, but still a, yeah. a reliable player. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Victor Oladipo, literally like two years ago, he was an upcoming star, made the all-star game. People had a lot of... Thought he was going to be the face of Indiana. Indiana loved yeah. him. He was he was good in the playoffs and everything. And then he got injured. He didn't play well. And then he got traded. And then now, but and the thing is, um, I was talking with a huge. Well, Gabe told me that he was talking with a Houston fan, and the Houston mm-hmm. fan told him that Victor Oladipo. Every time that he watched him play, like Victor Oladipo was underwhelming. He just yeah. he just looks like he wasn't. He was he wasn't there. Like he didn't want to play really. He was just putting up numbers, and he wasn't putting the effort. But now. With the Heat, I think the Indiana Oladipo is coming back to play. Oh, yeah. That would be very interesting. If he can return to his Indiana um, state, uh, then that would really push Miami over the edge uh, as a real threat to win the East. So we'll just have to look for that. Look for that, uh, seriously, uh, coming down to the playoffs uh, where the Heat, mm. who, who knows who they're going to have to play. Um, but look for that as we move to the Boston Celtics, Eric. Kind of a... Mm as a Orlando Magic fan, kind of a disappointing trade from the Orlando Magic yeah, standpoint. Yeah. Evan Fournier was traded to the Boston Celtics for two second-round picks and Jeff Teague. Of a, a shooting guard who's shooting yeah. 38% on threes, averaging yeah. 20 points, basically, yeah. is instantly one of the best players on the Celtics, one of their top five players. But the Orlando Magic is an underwhelming, in my opinion, underwhelming yeah, trade. Sure. Uh, uh, package received no two for second sure. round pick, not even a first exactly. round pick, no first rounders. And in Fournier, basically, 20 like he, he's, yeah. he, he's always close to 20 points. He's a great leader, he, he's, he's a pretty he's okay defender. And like, and he, he's just a great, he has been disappointing in the playoffs, that's yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. But still, two second rounders, uh, yeah. kind of a, a steal, in my opinion, for the for sure. uh, Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics, who usually doesn't pull the trigger on trade deadline day. Mm-hmm. Just an un- under uh, underrated move um, by Danny Ainge. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm excited to see Evan Fournier on another team. It was very weird to see him on another jersey. Like, I, I saw yeah. the Photoshop like in green. Oh, yeah, it's really yeah. weird. I'm I'm always used to seeing him in uh, blue. So. Well, they lose Al Horford. Uh, they lose Gordon Hayward basically for nothing. Their bench is kind of slim uh, mm-hmm. with young players, but uh, exactly. untested young players. Yeah. Uh, so now they add Evan Fournier to try and get to that same level of the Heat and the Nets. Doesn't really put them there, but still makes them very competitive in the East mm-hmm. alongside Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So we'll look for the Boston Celtics to try and do something. But as we look now, we go west to the Portland Trailblazers where Dame and CJ McCollum pick up some needed help in Norman Powell sure. from the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Eric, Norman Powell was very high on our lit trade uh, trade yeah. bait list. We really did think Norman Powell was going to be on his way out of Toronto, and mm-hmm. now he is. He's shooting 44% from threes. That's a career stat uh, for him. And, yeah, he's now the third option in Portland. Yeah. Well, that to be honest, Gary Trent is very good, but uh, yeah. Norm Powell is definitely an upgrade. 
This guy is basically averaging 20 points. Even in the playoffs, he plays really well too. Mm-hmm. And especially off the bench, he's going to be a great player for them. Uh, when Because CJ usually tends to get injured. Like, he, yeah. He's been injured a lot. So he, even though he's not injured, like Norman Powell is going to be a great bench player, uh, a good third option for them. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Norman Powell on a different team. Yeah, did you see that uh, where you try to line up with the Raptors? Oh, whoops. Oh, Sorry, when, did you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. When, he, when he lined up on the Raptors side, did you see that? Oh yeah, when forgot, they played, he forgot oh, he was see. playing for the Toronto oh, Raptors. He actually lined up on their side, <laughs> uh, mistakenly. No, uh, so no. yeah, Norm uh, playoff Pete going to Portland, try and help mm. Dame and CJ win a championship in Portland in the West. Tough matchup, so they really needed a guy like Norm. So look for that as we go to Chicago. Eric, for some reason, oh, the yeah. Chicago Bulls seem to be all in for a playoff spot yeah. at the least, as they traded two first round picks: Otto Porter Jr. and Wendell Carter. To the you uh, you know who Orlando Magic for <laughs> Nikola Vucevic, Eric, yeah. one of the best scoring centers in the league. Yeah, that's fair. And now say. he will be with Zach Levine, the cornerstones of this Bulls team, to try and push for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eric, I'll be honest, that? I-, I was so surprised when I saw that because I I, I thought too. Bulls were trying to rebuild here. I thought they were yeah. rebuilding. They had a lot. They have a. They still have a lot of young players. Mm-hmm. I thought they were rebuilding. They're gonna, they're gonna build their team around Zach Levine and Larry Markkinen, but I guess they're going for a playoff run here. Yeah, uh, they got Vucevic. I'm kind of sad they they lost Wendell because Wendell is very yeah. underrated player, very young uh, underrated player for them. So and they gave a two, but that's that's what Vucevic is worth to be honest. He, he's yeah. realistically a top four, top five center in the league. Um, I probably had yeah. him four to be honest. It's his defense uh, really that's his exactly. liability. His but defense. He, he's a great scoring center right now. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah. like, in, in the East, the only centers you really have to watch out – well, actually, yeah, you have Embiid, you have Adebayo, so, yeah. But he, he'll, he'll hold his own. Do he the Bulls the make East. the playoffs? I don't even know where they I, are. I, I, I think they're making the playoffs. They're, they're on the edge right now. They're close to 500. They're close. But, I know they're close. Yeah, I, I believe they're going to make the playoffs. With this trade, 100%, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Because the Chicago on, Bulls have, are 19-25. and 25. They said 10th in the East – uh, the eighth seeded team is the Miami Heat, actually, who's at 22 and 24. Yeah. Bulls are two games behind a playoff spot. And now, I, I don't know, very interesting um, by the Chicago Bulls because, you know, now Boston, the Heat, they've gone better. Uh, yeah. And now the, the Bulls, they got a battle from down two games. They got a battle of the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, basically on the 11 seeds, the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. I would say... Did you hear me again? Rap- Siri keeps popping up. No, it's fine. You're all good. It keeps going. Okay. But the the Raptors, I yeah. Where would you put it? Uh, the tre- the threshold. Would you put it from the Toronto Raptors? All the teams below them are out of the well. Yeah, basically. basically and I, but, I also honestly believe Raptors are not making the playoffs. Yeah, either. I don't think Raptors are gonna make the playoffs either. So, Raptors, Cleveland, we can pretty much count out. Yeah, of the sure. playoffs. Yeah. So it's basically Chicago, Indiana, Miami, Boston those teams right now mm-hmm. uh atlanta too charlotte they're all very close mm-hmm. the knicks are very close and then milwaukee yeah the guaranteed teams yeah for sure guaranteed teams so still uh very much open room here in the east the bulls will really have to uh kind of go on a winning streak here if they wish to yeah. to push for a playoff spot but but ballsy move by chicago uh, sure. to to trade two first round picks a team that mm-hmm. was see, uh, seen as a re, uh, rebuilding team exactly now yeah. is looking to uh, push for the playoffs should be exciting for bulls fan mm-hmm. and exciting for general nba fans eric 
as um, that's basically everyone, the trades I had on my uh, list. But we, of course, have other uh, free agent bought out players. LaMarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. signing with the Nets. Yeah. Um, Andre Drummond most si- likely signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. What do you like about those two signings? Aldridge and Drummond. so yeah, basically the two best teams in the league. They're they're just adding some yeah. big men here. Lamarcus Aldridge, don't forget this guy. Two years ago, he was an oh, all star, yeah. so, and he's still he's still very good. He's he's probably like power forward wise, like in our generation, he's one of the best yeah. power forward power forwards in our generation. Uh, Andre Drummond on the other side, very good, probably the best rebounder. Like not not oh. right now, but a couple of years. Like this guy gets yeah. so many rebounds, gets every rebound. This guy gets steals. Blocks kind of, uh, he'll get he'll get the buckets. Um, very good player, and he but he's also playing on the Lakers, yeah. so not going to be asked to do much really. He's on a star-studded team uh, already with uh, LeBron James and Anthony and Davis. Davis, yeah. But these Nets, man, they signed Lamarcus Aldridge. They're basically yeah. building a team to beat LeBron. Stephen A. Smith yeah. Uh, yeah. wasn't pleased about it either. A lot of yeah. play uh, people are saying, well, you know, when is this going to stop? Yeah, they are building a team to beat LeBron. Eric, mm-hmm. on paper, that team versus uh, a healthy Lakers squad. Who's taking it? I I I don't know. I I still need time to figure this out. I remember yeah. when uh the James Harden trade happened. I yeah, was, I was like, I just still need time. Now you need even more time. Need more to time. It out. Yeah, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, now in the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, they get two big men that they need basically that's the only yeah. game they need they have that they're basically perfect at, exactly. in every position um but of course the lakers have lebron and ad so yeah. you know but i just don't like the fact that they're basically getting these players for free and you're yes. over here and as a jazz fan yeah the jazz we struggled to like we gotta yeah. trade 10 first round picks to get like mike conley like that's what i hate about the nba i hate this about the nba is yeah. um is now in the NBA, you need two superstars to win an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. That boggles my mind because you know how many teams that cancels out immediately from contention? Like mm-hmm. basically, what, 90% of teams are out of contention now because they don't have two superstars to compete yeah. in the playoffs and win them a championship. And now the New York Nets are basically reinforcing that idea. Now you're going to see down mm-hmm. the future, maybe teams are just going to be picking up all-stars uh, yeah. From free agency and getting bought out and just, yeah, come play with us. We have these superstars already. Let's go beat LeBron and win a chip. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's bad for the sport. That is bad yeah. for the sport, in my opinion. No, but this all started from basically ring chasing. So the media yeah. put a lot of pressure on you have to win a ring or not. Your yeah. career basically means nothing, but that's not yeah. how it is. But you have to win a ring. So all these players, they're literally trying to chase for a ring. Like That's what, yeah. that's what Dwight Howard did. That's what Dremont's LeBron doing now. LeBarcus, oh, yeah. KD. Yeah, so... It's 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 disappointing to see. But for the, the, for the, the league is very competitive, though. Uh, the yeah, East, is, yeah, those eight teams that uh, have those two superstars yeah. or whatever. You, you try, you know, my point. A lot of teams get yeah, canceled sure. out. So many teams just get just get canceled out from uh, uh, contention. Uh, like the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are a great team, Bill. But uh, could they just simply lose to the Los Angeles Lakers because LeBron and AD are just on the floor? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Fair. But that's basketball too. It's it's I it's know, five. You're, you're playing five players at a time, so that's why you can basketball. basketball. You don't see that a lot in the uh, even in the NFL. It's hard to do. Um, you know, teams try and push for stars. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. The NHL, because of a hard cap, it's impossible to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe you know, does the NBA adopt a hard cap? 
salary, you know, who knows that would definitely fix it. But uh, some people don't seem to like that idea. Uh, and just richer teams basically pay this, the luxury tax when they mm-hmm. sign a big player. Exactly. So basically, what is it a Brooklyn versus Los Angeles finals? We'll just have to wait jazz, and see jazz, the, the two jazz, uh, jazz, 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 <laughs> jazz, bro, jazz, bro. Jazz aren't going to win anything, Eric. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it's going to be interesting for the NBA uh, now down the stretch as the playoffs loom. Um, what teams, you know, are a dark horse, what teams will make it, what teams will break in the playoffs. We'll just have to see when the playoffs sure. start. Um, as now we move from the NBA, Eric, to the NHL, where the yeah. Montreal Canadiens acquired center Eric Stahl from the Buffalo Sabres. Not acquired, Eric. Let me reiterate. They Trading. saved oh, Eric Stahl okay. from <laughs> Buffalo. They literally saved him. Uh, for a 2020 uh, one third and fifth round pick, Buffalo also retains 50% of stall salary, which is 1.625 mil out of a 3.25 million dollar mm-hmm. contract. Eric, I don't know what to say about this trade. Really, no. um, I like this trade. Huh? Right, I like the move. Stall having Eric Stall on your fourth line looks great. For what sure. scares me the most is, I think Bergeron made this trade and is using it as a mirage slash illusion to Montreal fans when he's not going to make a trade for a D-man. I think it's going to be like that excuse. So when, you know, when you have Xavier Wallet or Victor Mete starting, you know, rotating basically the end of the the regular season, does Bergeron think that Habs fans won't question that, hey, listen, we we needed a top four defenseman? No, actually, because we have Eric Stahl to look at, all pretty, and oh, Eric Stahl. (laughs) We got Eric Stahl. Does this fill a need? Sure. Center was a secondary yeah. need, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But secondary only. Suzuki yeah. or Jesperi Kakanyemi are having an off game. They're losing faceoffs. Uh, they're not playing too well defensively. Sure. Can Eric Stahl, you know, mm-hmm. take that pressure off of them, you know, take that load off of them? Yes, for sure. It's great. We needed a center, but it was a secondary need. Well, our primary need right now is still a top four defenseman. Montreal lacks that. I'm telling you, you cannot play Victor Mete and Xavier Wallet just rotating them in and out. Neither of them can play uh, right now. They're not. Um, they're not looking too great uh, out there on the ice in their own zone. So I don't know. I like but, this trade, but I think Bergeron is just he, he has no flexibility. I don't know if he's done or not, but it seems like it. Fair, fair. That's some good points. But if you if you look about it, if you look at it, it's a third rounder and a fifth rounder. Really. Yeah. Is no really? It's not really a big deal. Uh, you guys are getting Eric Stahl, who's like I love Eric oh, Stahl. Yeah. I've always liked Eric Stahl, Stanley Cup uh, champion, the Stanley, but like leadership. Back in the day. Yeah, but realistically, he hasn't played a lot in the playoffs though, because he was on Carolina for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah, Carolina for they didn't make the playoffs for a while, but he does have a championship. So yeah. uh, the the Stanley Cup ring means a lot. Uh, what else does he have? Like Eric Stahl, he brings he's a vet, very good vet. Leadership. Um, he's still a good player. Remember, like yes, two yes. seasons ago, he was he was. Yeah, 40, 40, 40 goals season. in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, not every team could say, I have Eric Stahl as my fourth-line center. Yeah. Montreal Canadiens have that luxury. Um, but, I don't know. I'm just saying you have Eric like Stahl and Corey trade, Perry. You got I Eric Stahl and Corey Perry. Yeah, this is going to be it for Bergeron. I mean, they have no cap space right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have to try and figure out a way to fit Cole Caulfield's uh, contract under the cap. By the way, go check out John Eamon's uh, recent... Uh, post on the hot sauce okay. website basically talking about the eric stall trade and the cole caulfield sign and how they're all gonna try and manage those salaries under the cap mm-hmm. a lot of math involved 
I can't really explain it. But basically, the Montreal Canadiens don't have enough money right now to make a trade. And, you know, naive Bergevin, he's going to be naive. He's not, he's going to yeah. use that as an excuse. He's been using that as an excuse. But then yeah. again, Mark Bergevin always says he's not going to make a trade. And then again, he's always one of the most busiest GMs in the National Hockey League come mm-hmm. trade deadline. Is he done? I don't know. What do you what do you think about that Byron? Didn't they try to put him on waivers or something? No, they already put Byron on waivers early yeah. in the season, but he cleared okay, waivers. Yeah. But he yeah. has a three point like two five million dollar contract, something like that. Mm-hmm. He could move Paul Byron uh, for a defenseman, or basically, if he wants to move Paul Byron to clear a cap, he can move him to a team like Chicago or uh, even Buffalo if they have the money now, because uh, Taylor Hall is probably going to get traded. Mm-hmm they're going to have the money to take bad contracts. So there's going to be teams out there that are going to take bad contracts to, exactly. to help, try and help teams cap. You know, there is no cap space in the playoffs. No cap space yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, ben Chirot is on LTIR, I think. I'd like to believe so. Okay. So his cap doesn't go against the, uh, okay. the, the team. I don't know if he's on LTIR. Uh, okay. But if he was, could Mark Bergeron make a trade for a defenseman? Sit. Ben Shrott the rest of the season, and then he comes back for playoffs when he's healthy. Yeah. I don't know. Because, um, you know, even with Eric Stahl, you know, you got to play the Edmonton Oilers still a lot. You got to play the Toronto Late Maple Leafs. You have to make the playoffs. Is this solve our main issue? No. Does it make the team better? Yes. Does it make yeah. the team better enough to be, you know, to put them over the edge of other teams in the North? I don't know. Does it put them over the Jets? Does it put them over the Oilers? The Maple Leafs are all playing really good. They got to yeah. still play. You got the Canucks and Calgary Flames. Who knows what they're going to do at trade deadline because, you know, they don't want to miss the playoffs. So, um, I, I yeah, I like the trade. But then again, like I said, I think Mark Bergeron is going to use this yeah, as a, as an, sure. you know, like, oh, I did my job. I did my job <laughs> at trade deadline. You know, I got Eric Stahl. Nobody's going to be asking yeah. me about a D-man. <laughs> Fair. So, but if you look at the team on paper, this is a, this team is great. Like, it's such team. a good team. For sure. But we also said this at the beginning of the season, too. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of just been, you know, up exactly. and down. This but that's is, a Montreal like Canadiens. This is the most, bipolar, the most bipolar hockey team, um, yeah, in the NHL, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. They start the season hot, and then they just they hit a wall, and they can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to see. There's still questions with Shea Weber's play, uh, the up and down play of Nick Suzuki, Kakinyemi, like some guys, Tatar, Dano. And this team's got to get going, man, because they got to go on a run yeah. here and solidify a playoff spot. They, you know, they had the least games played in North Division still, but um, mm-hmm. they got to win games here. They got to go on a run and win games. Yeah. So we'll just have to see what comes of the April 12th deadline. Speaking of the April, of the April 12th, 12th deadline. deadline. <laughs> Let's look uh, as the NHL trade deadline, Eric, is looming quickly. Teams will be sorry. Teams will be looking to bolster their rosters for a playoff run. We did this for the NBA, Eric. Let's yeah. do this again for the um, NHL trade deadline. I have a list of players I think are most likely going to be traded. Okay. You might not have a list. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> I, did. I know you're going to pull this on me. What? I know we have to come you know what the, Okay, people listening, this is the best thing ever, right? Because I come up with these topics uh, the day uh, b- before, generally speaking, right? Yeah. And then I always tell Eric, do your research. Prepare yourself. You know, there's been some days where, you know, we do our research 10 minutes before we record or something. But I just love Eric's consistency of, of, <laughs> of showing up with no list uh, of, of trade no. deadline stuff. 
So we'll just have to try and work with it, right? Go go on her tails. No, no, I, I have a list. I have a you list, have a list? Worry about it. It's in my head. It's always like that. It's always like that. Trust. Okay, so what's your list? <laughs> um yeah, honestly, first on my list is Taylor Hall. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Taylor Hall, left wing twenty nine, he's played thirty games, he has only two goals, and he has sixteen points, and he has an eight dollar or sorry, yeah, eight dollar. I wish. Eight million dollar. Cap hit, Eric. Buffalo Sabres, dumpster fire. They have him on a one-year deal. There's no freaking chance Taylor Hall's re-signing with the Buffalo Sabres. So Mm -hmm. the most likely scenario is that he will be traded. I think he will be traded. Um, Yeah, what do you think? You think that's plausible? He's on a one-year contract. I think a playoff team, if you're looking at him, he's very cheap for Taylor Hall. So um, I think there's a very good chance he can be traded. Uh, his contract, it's not, it's not a bad, like, it wouldn't be too hard to trade the contract, but it's also when you're deal, so it's, it's tough, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a rental. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how many teams have $8 million in cap space? Most but they're going to have to retain some cap for sure. I feel like Buffalo would have or to Or most likely some. a roster player gets, uh, gets traded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with a high cap, but obviously a first-round pick to accompany that, an elite prospect maybe, and then a roster player, probably the trade package for Taylor Hall. Eric, uh, second on my list from the Nashville Predators, Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. The reason he's not first like he is on TSN's trade bait list for me is because uh, he has one year left on his contract after this season. Okay. So it expires in 2021-2022. Right now, the asking price for Matthias Ekholm is high. It's a first-round pick, elite prospect, and a third asset, whichever that is. Obviously being because... Nashville in their head, they're thinking, Hey, I'm going to trade Matias at home because the team's going to acquire him and have him for two playoff runs, you know, this year and next year. That's why his asking price is so high, but exactly. yeah. could the Nashville predators simply go out and say, Hey, listen, we can wait another year to trade this guy. Cause next season he's going to yeah. be on the trade bait list again. Maybe, maybe I still think he's going to get traded, but you know, there's still a chance the Nashville predators say, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You know, if teams aren't going to be willing to to come to our price of an, a first round pick, elite prospect, and whatever third asset, then hey, I'm just going to wait till next year then, uh, or this summer, basically. You know, exactly. That's why I have him second on my list. You know, left handed okay. defenseman. There's a lot of teams looking to add D. I know there's teams in the North Division looking to add D. Montreal, Montreal Winnipeg, <laughs> yeah. um, even Toronto. That's what they're saying, but they're full of crap. So. Winnipeg, Montreal, or yeah, somewhere else. always been it. very underrated, though. He's always oh, been yeah. very underrated. I call him the Walmart team. version of Roman Yossi. Fair, very fair. Right? Plays the same way. He can go up the neutral zone, fourth mm-hmm. forward, uh, move the play, but he doesn't put up the same numbers. Mm-hmm. But he's still good on the penalty kill. Great. Uh, he's good on the power play, gets power play minutes. Just a great top four defenseman in for all, sure. and that could be on his way out. So we'll have to look for that till uh, April 12th. But on third on my list, I have Mikhail Grandlin from the Nashville Predators. Oh, okay. Um, 29 years old. He's played 29 games. He has 12 points, yeah. five goals. He has a $3.7 million, $3.75 million cap hit. Uh, obviously, Eric Centers are highly touted at the trade deadline. Yeah. The Leafs have been rumored that Mikhail Granlund is their rumored, you know, t- target to acquire for the uh, trade deadline. Okay. Obviously, Toronto, uh, what's his name in, um, what's the guy's name, the the, the pub- pubescent GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, uh, he's super young. I forget his name. Why am I blanking uh, on his name? Uh, 
I was oh gonna God. say Shanahan, but <laughs> no, it's uh, oh whatever. I'm gonna actually Google it. <laughs> I don't but know. Yeah. I just Google. But him, yeah. Uh, they're looking at Kyle Dubis and Dubis. Kyle Dubis, yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> How would we forget that? Know. Whatever. The guy looks That's like tough. he's no, you know, he's, he's very young. I think he's under forty. So yeah. Yeah. He's okay to part ways with his top prospect in Toronto. He has openly said that. So okay. to bolster the chances of the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously we know first round exits yeah. can't make it out of the first round. Matthews, Marner, Tavares. So maybe they're trying to put that to to, to bed. They acquired Mikhail Granlund to center their uh, their line. Maybe a guy like Alex Kerfoot on the other end of that trade, probably most likely. Yeah. So at least. Uh, a team that seems to be on the cap uh, restrictions who, are, who seem to be out of no money will be looking uh, to add a center with a basically a $4 million cap hit to their but, team. But now you think about it, they should have low-key kept Nazem Kadri. <laughs> now we look they should have low-key not signed John Tavares. That's what they low-key should okay, have. Fair, fair, fair. $11 million to one player when they could have you know, signed a D or uh, another so player. Yeah. That's why I th- that's why I like to think what's his face left. Um, not Shanahan, Lou Lamorello, because yeah. I think he left because he basically he's the type of guy that doesn't give out big contracts when he's yeah. when, as a GM. So he was basically like, yeah, I'm not gonna re-sign. Uh, I'm not gonna sign John Tavares for 11 million dollars. Yeah. I'm not gonna do. I'm gonna stick it with Nazem Kadri, go sign a D or something, and then probably Shanahan wasn't on board with that or something. So they mm-hmm. said, okay, listen, trying to go with someone else. Yeah, you know, when your cap is up in three players, it's kind of hard to build a team around them. Yeah, but for sure. the Leafs are doing pretty well right now. But when it comes to a playoff-built team, are they yeah. that playoff-built team? We yeah. don't know yet. Uh, I don't think they are. I still think that yeah. that first-round exit joke of a team they are. I really do. Um, okay. I think this is the same team. Yeah, they added TJ Brody on defense, but uh, no, it doesn't mean it's much. Still, it's still the <laughs> yeah. same team. Next on my list from Buffalo, I got Brandon Montour. Obviously, okay. Buffalo, Eric, they should be heading into their second rebuild, and they mm-hmm. should be letting go of most of their players. Exactly. Uh, Brandon Montour, he's 14th or 15th on TSN's trade bait. Right-hand defenseman, he's 26. He's played 28 games. He has one goal, eight assist, or eight points, $3.85 million cap hit. A right-handed defenseman, Eric. A lot of teams uh, look for a right-handed defenseman. Brandon Montour, young hand, young defenseman who could uh, potentially be on his way out from Buffalo. Basically, if he was on a, any other team, I'd think he'd be okay because he's a young defenseman that teams like. He was traded for a first-round pick. Buffalo acquired him for a first-round pick from Anaheim. But now Buffalo, most likely heading in their second rebuild, could be looking to trade that guy. Uh, not sure. much to say about that. Another uh, un- underrated, underlooked player from the Anaheim Ducks, Ricard Raquel. Eric, obviously a 30-goal scorer. Uh, Ricard Raquel, uh, where is he? Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's not the same anymore, though. He's not the same Ricard Raquel, though. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like to think if he was traded to a, con- a contender team that he, he would be a, a great secondary. Sure. Uh, yeah. or top, he would definitely be a top six forward uh, that can accompany uh, that team's stars or whatever. Ricard Raquel, right wing Anaheim, he's 27. He's playing 33 games. He has six goals, 21 assist, or 21 points. For a three point seven nine million dollar contract, he also has oh, one man. year after this, uh, like Matthias Ekholm. I don't know. Is there have there been any news on the the, the trade package that that it goes with Ricardo Raquel? Probably a first round pick. Probably like a nice touted prospect. I'd like to think he scored thirty goals before. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he could be a sneaky good player on, on any contending team, Eric, uh, who can help with secondary scoring. I like to think so. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. You know, playing in Anaheim kind of dampers his minutes mm-hmm. or his, his, his offensive game. So maybe in a contender team could do pretty much well. I think so. Don't you think so? For sure. Raquel, Raquel, bro. That's my guy. I always like Raquel. Especially fantasy. That's my guy. Oh, yeah. That's your guy. Yeah. Um, Next, I have Ryan Dezingle. How long is A few players. I don't know. A few players. Actually, no. Ryan Dezingle is actually my last. Okay. Bad, bad. But there's so many players. But Ryan Dezingle from the Ottawa Senators, basically, I'm thinking Pierre Dorian acquired him to basically flip him at the trade deadline, right? (laughs) The second Ottawa's time, not, huh? <laughs> well, Ottawa's not making the playoffs. I like that's what I thought when they traded for him. I'm like, they're not going to keep this guy around. Probably trade him again for a few mm-hmm. picks or something. So that could be a guy who's looked on its way out. But if you're looking for a goaltender as well, your boy Jonathan Bernier from the Detroit Red, uh, Detroit mm-hmm. Red Wings. For sure, I've had a nice season playing on Detroit. Point nine one eight save percentage, three million dollar contract. Um, him and who else could be on his way out? Chris. Dreger from the Florida Panthers. He's a restricted yeah. free agent. You know, he's playing backup right now for them. They have Broski for uh for a long time signed, so he could be on his way out. Devin Dubnik, like mm-hmm. uh having a bad season, but he could be on his way out. So sure. A lot of teams looking for a goaltender. There's some guys available. Yeah. But um, yeah, NHL trade line, trade deadline always exciting in hockey, especially you hear hockey my list fans. now. Yeah, sure. Moment. I'd love to hear this. Okay, so just to add on on the goalies. Google, TSN, TradeBaitList.com. Yo, what are you talking about? I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Who's on your list? Okay, so I have uh, and basically any of the Carolina goalies, basically. So uh, I, I think most likely James Reimer, Reimer he's going to get traded. They have a they lot have of that other guy, eh? That Alex Nenda Yeah, yeah, guy. exactly. Nedrovich or whatever. I can't, remember, I can't pronounce So, yeah, I think uh, Reimer might get traded. Uh, who else do I have? I'm Mike Hoffman, the healthy scratch. Mike the Hoffman, healthy scratch from the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, one year how, deal. Too. How crazy is that? A lot of people think yeah. maybe you can maybe trade Mike Hoffman, Taylor Hall can get something going there, like add something with Mike Hoffman, maybe. Yeah, if you're not looking for Taylor Hall and secondary sneaky scorer like Taylor Hall, Mike Hoffman, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, makes less money. Um, yeah, you know who else I have? I have Anthony Duclair, who always gets traded during trades. Oh yeah, yeah. from the Florida he's, Panthers. He's good. And that's all. <laughs> that's all I got in my head. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's so many players on this there's list so, yeah. that don't get mentioned, but that could be on their way out. Mark Stahl is a defenseman. Yeah. Uh, uh, like we said, Alex Griffith. Jake DeBrus has been rumored to be on his way out too. Yeah. Who knows what you know? The Tony D'Angelo situation in New York. If he gets moved at the deadline, or if that's a summer kind of deal. Um, Tanner Pearson from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Alex Goligoski from Arizona. Arizona six points out of a playoff spot. They could be looking to sell. Nick Foligno, Columbus, they're not playing too mm-hmm. great. Um, David Cesar, David Savard, also from Columbus, uh, right-handed defenseman. Yeah, just a lot of uh, a lot of players not being mentioned right now that could very much be on their way out mm-hmm. coming April 12th. Um, hopefully one of them's Paul Byron. I don't know yet, <laughs> but uh, we'll just have to see come April 12th, Eric, as that does it for this week's episode of Jim and Zank show. I know we've yeah. always been teasing this special guest, Eric. It's like every week we're um, playing, uh, you know, Curtain 3 is our guest, but we keep taking Curtain 2 or Curtain 1. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a, a, a time thing, a schedule thing. 
Um, but we'll be looking to get that sorted out uh, this week if it happens or not for next week's episode. Yeah. Not going to say who the guest is, Eric. Got to keep that hidden as always. <laughs> uh, potentially look for that next week. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to you know, confirm anything, but maybe, yeah. maybe not. Don't get too excited. Whatever. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Stim and Zang Show, where we talk about UFC, the NBA trade deadline, Eric Stahl, and, of course, the NHL trade deadline. We'll be back next week again, as always. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you guys. Thanks for listening mm-hmm. on Spotify. Thanks for watching on YouTube. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. See ya. Peace out.